All right, Hunter, we have to talk for a minute about private internet access. Now, PIA is my favorite VPN. Have you ever used one before? Oh, yeah, they're great. Excellent. Jamie? My parents met on a VPN. Well, I'm not at all convinced that that's relevant, but let me tell you this. If you're online in the 21st century, you need a VPN. Why? As the amount of threats that exist on the internet increases and the amount of our data that's being stored online increases simultaneously, it's imperative that we do something to protect ourselves, protect our data as we surf the web. Now, VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. And what it does is it encrypts your data as it's going between your device, your machine, and the greater internet, preventing it from being intercepted by malicious actors and hackers and identity thieves, etc. So a VPN is non-negotiable in today's digital day and age. Now, PIA is my favorite because it's the world's most transparent VPN provider. They have over 30 million downloads and they never store user data. They have a strict no logs policy, which has actually been proven out multiple times in courts and by a third party audit from Deloitte. So they truly don't store your data. That's right, Chris. And what private internet access does is it hides your IP address and encrypts your internet connection. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that internet service providers and government sensors can't get at your data. If you're saying something that you don't want them to look at, even if it's just your business, there's no reason for those nefarious actors to have any view into your data or what you're doing on the internet. That's your data. Protect it. That's right. And private internet access also comes with loads of entertainment benefits. The VPN is compatible with all of your major streaming platforms. So you shouldn't experience any issues running Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming entertainment device you want to use. Plus, it's one of the few VPNs that that supports P2P, that's peer-to-peer -peer file sharing. So this is a huge benefit for power users. Not only do you get the benefit of using any streaming service, you can also use it with any operating system. We're talking Windows, Mac OS, Android, Linux, iOS. Use different operating systems, not a problem. Have an Android phone and want to use it on your Mac? Not a problem. And what's even better than that, you can have an unlimited amount of devices use it at the same time. That's right. And Carpooling has the best deal for you today on PIA, on getting a VPN, securing your data. For just $2.03 a month, you can start protecting yourself online and your family online. That's 83% off the sticker price for private internet access. So act now. You get that great price plus four months free and you really have nothing to lose because private internet access offers a free 30-day money-back guarantee as well as 24-7 support so you are definitely going to either be pleased with the product or not be out a single dime but i know that you're going to love it you're going to want to keep it private internet access has a great vpn carpooling has a great deal for you support them support the show go to carlpooling.com slash pia right now to take advantage of this great deal again that's carlpooling.com slash pia snag a vpn protect yourself online support them support the show and we will really appreciate it all right let's get back to the episode <laughs> Hunter, I need to talk to you about something that has just been living in my head rent-free since it happened last week. Parasite. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I 
dipped my head into a vat of tapeworms. Yeah. And those little those little buggers don't pay a dime of rent, believe it or not. <laughs> they they steal. They like they like come in and they like throw their feet up and they're like, Hey, are you gonna eat these mashed potatoes? If you're gonna, I think you meant I'm gonna eat those mashed potatoes. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. They yeah. they just sit right in your esophagus and just you they're like an internal throat. Mm, mm, mm -hmm. Here's the okay. I'd like to talk for a second about tapeworms, Hunter. Sure. I I definitely don't want to talk about what you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I know because this is this is gross. Um. Okay, so people swallow the tapeworm to lose mm -hmm. weight, right? With the idea yep. being that I guess it makes you more full. Maybe that's how it works. So you eat mm -hmm. less. Here's the confusing thing to me, okay? And look, mm -hmm. we're going to get anatomical here. Mm -hmm. So you're just going to have to go with me. If. If. It's anus. Mm. is not external to yours. You're still getting all the calories. What if it just like pees? Except for what it eats. Anything that it consumes is something yeah. you already consumed. And then it's going to release most of that into your digestive system. But 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 it's poop. Right. Like you can't you can't die, like you can eat Hunter poop. I I hate to be this way. You literally only digest poop. Okay? Well, that's why that's my point. It's like once it's poop, but no, there's but nothing that's, nutritious. That's not true. That's not okay. true. First okay. of all, okay. I'm learning. I'm learning more than I wanted to know. Quite honestly, you do excrete a certain amount of calories. For instance, that's why in places like India they burn dung for fuel because it burns, and if it burns, right. that's literally the definition of of a calorie. Calories, right? Yeah. Okay, so you can. Second point, the, literally yeah. the only calories that that's burning is the calories required to maintain the ma metabolism of a sedentary worm. Like, mm -hmm. how can that be a lot? That can't be enough. Okay, so here's the thing, Hunter. Yeah. And I just, I don't want to, I don't want to make any enemies do, here, but I don't think you should swallow tapeworms. Huh. I think it's a bad idea. Not because it's dangerous to your health. I just think that the the diet science is incredibly unsound. You know what? I'm not convinced. <laughs> um you, you know, Hunter, I, what are you doing with seven tapeworms at your desk? <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure, pretty sure this is totally fine. Um, uh, yeah, you know what, Christopher? I wasn't gonna eat a tapeworm, and now I am. That's what you just did. <laughs> you made me so frustrated with this little mind experiment that I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna prove him wrong. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at right now, man. Well, that's, I hate that. I'm eliminating me. the competition right here. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, so what were you, what's what's living rent free in your mind that isn't a tapeworm? Please welcome to Tapeworm Talk. Um, <laughs> it's a show about everything tapeworms, uh, mm. recipes. It doesn't matter that I, 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 they'll just eat whatever you eat. You don't need like a special tapeworm recipe, yeah, unless it's like how you, unless it's like. You know, magic mushrooms, where pe apparently they taste terrible, so people like put them on pizza and stuff. Apparently, people do that. So I've heard. Okay, interesting. I didn't know that. Maybe it's the same way with tapeworms. You have to like disguise them as a hot dog, <laughs> and you're like one of those guys at the Nathan hot dog eating competition. 
you dunk them in a pitcher of water and just slurp them all down at once to kind of help help how do you how do you actually swallow the tapeworm i mean isn't it like tiny and then it grows well that would be that'd be the point yeah that'd be part of the point you gotta like put it in a meatloaf and just yum 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 oh god slip it on down who would ever eat meatloaf i'm sorry i don't mean to be classist but we don't need any poor people who eat meatloaf listening to our show okay oh wow wow god meatloaf is terrible honestly and uh, here i'm definitely gonna make enemies ground beef not really? for, not ground- for me you don't like ground beef Mm-mm. i what are, well, you i mean i, I right? eat it all the time yeah i do hamburger is the one the one application where i don't mind it so much but like mm-hmm. when people are like just browning some ground beef for like a shepherd's pie or a really? yeah, no nah, or like lord like forbid a taco? like yeah tacos and like any kind of bolognese sauce oh huh. dude it, it gives me the heebs i really don't like it why is it because of like the animal that's just been ground up or well, like okay what is it so part of it is that it's so many animals that are ground yeah. up Generally speaking, if you get it from a store, like if you grind, sure. if you have a nice cut and you grind it, there's nothing like like taste wise or texture wise that grosses me out about that. It's mm-hmm. just it's just the the concept that you know you've got just so many different animals and so many different uh, cuts that are just going into garden variety ground beef. It's just not for me. I, I don't like I don't like it as a concept. I would much rather huh. I'd much rather get my own cuts and then grind them myself um yeah but that that takes work yeah yeah everything worthwhile does hunter yeah well like i mean i got my deer ground up but it's but it's my deer that's yeah 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 that doesn't up, bother, so that's like different that doesn't bother me at all like okay. i don't mind the the texture or the taste of of ground meat it right but commercialized ground beef because because you we don't do that with a whole lot of things like chicken nuggets, ground mm-hmm. beef. Those are the mm-hmm. two main, the two main ones where it's just like, eh, we threw it all in a pot and mashed it up and here. Enjoy, you know? Yeah. Um, also, yeah. if you're going to, if you're going to make your own burger, you can do such a better job with your, with your meat mixture by grinding it yourself. Uh, ground sirloin, add back in some tallow. Mm, it'll mess you up. Yeah. Uh, so welcome to tapeworm talk. It's <laughs> a show about about tapeworm and tapeworm recipes. Um, yeah, uh, we can we can stop talking about tapeworms now. No, I was just gonna say the thing that's been living in my head rent free <laughs> is that when you read your little oh. your little bit backwards last week mm. on the show, mm-hmm. I've, I listened to it again. And I was like, man, how in the world did he do that? I was yeah. I was truly impressed, and I've just been well, thinking about it all week. You know what? Um, I I appreciate that, and also tidy up in there, because I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to find a place to sit down and it's just take out boxes in all the crevices and valleys of your mind, and you it's know, like you spent 30 minutes prepping for this week's show, and somehow you watched mm-hmm. a two-hour YouTube video on Chris Pratt's old <laughs> tweets. How did? What's going How? on in here? <laughs> oh, why? <laughs> yes. It's the eternal, <laughs> eternal bachelor pla- pad of my completely spotted mind. Um, I, love it. I love that. I love that reference, Jim Carrey. That's beautiful. A great movie, honestly. It really is. There yeah. was there was yeah. that movie, and there was another movie that I always associated with that movie in my head 
with mm-hmm. Zoe De- Death's channel and uh, some other dude. What was that movie? Five Hundred Days of Summer. Oh, I and never that, saw that. That one. movie sucked by comparison. Yeah. Eternal Sunshine is the way to go. Okay. Here we go. Welcome to Carpooling, the only show that brings you conservative politics and the life cycle of tapeworms in one place where you can enjoy it together as you should. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Tapeworm, and the, that's your other host, Worm Carl. Uh, Worm, today yeah, let's tape. remind our listeners to <laughs> to go and like us, rate us, review us on all of the platforms immediately. You mm-hmm. you have no choice. You must do it now. If you do not, something very bad will happen to someone you don't know. Uh, but you'll get a million dollars. But then the next person, they'll, they'll that, get the that, same off. Op- but you won't know them. Do you see what I've done wait, there? Wait, 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 wait. What if the game is you press the button and you get a million dollars, but... The guy at work that you absolutely hate and just constantly does nothing right and makes your life miserable, he gets a million and one dollars. Uh, you hit the button and you get a new job or you quit working. No, 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 no. You still have to work and you have to deal with him every day talking about how he's got a million and one dollars. That's unreasonable. Okay, here's what I, here's what I do. Okay. I hit the button and then I devise yep. a contraption, a Rube Goldberg style amalgamation <laughs> to steal two dollars from him. Incredible. I'm That's back beautiful. on top, baby. You're back on top, baby. Um so do that and then go buy some merch immediately. Carlpooling.com mm. slash store. You can buy a shirt. You can buy uh, uh we have a very special uh let's say something you'd wear on your face there if you are into that sort of thing and you're also um a leftoid and a moron and an idiot. We've also got uh, cups. You can drink out of drink out of cups. We have cups. Well, we got a mug. Oh, oh, okay. A I mug like, is that's cool. Just a cup, just a specialty yeah. cup. Yeah, like a a glass. Yeah, it's a glass with a handle. What do you want? Yeah, well, two and handles. And we've it's got that ceramic, so it's not a glass in a lot of ways. Yeah. I want to make a uh, uh, what is it called a thruple? I want to make a thruple mug. It's just a mug with three handles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't ever say I want to make a thruple again. Okay. <laughs> Unless one lucky Unless. listener. <laughs> Two weeks in Jamaica. <laughs> a sweepstakes. The worst. <laughs> worst. The worst two weeks of your life ever. Oh man, that's awful. I hate it. I want to play with that so idea more, soap. but I can feel the therapy coming on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can I tell exactly. you a personal point of pride that happened to me this week? Actually, this yeah, morning, of Hunter. Yeah. Uh, Dave Landau liked one of my tweets. Wow. It wasn't really? that cool. I did oh. reply to one of Dave Landau's tweets. I, it still counts. But I was like, oh. I love Dave, and he noticed me. That's nice. Do you know how many replies that man gets that he ignores? And you made a comedian go, "Hey, that's good. Yeah, that's, I mean, nice." Somebody good work. for his new show, somebody photoshopped Dave Landau's head onto like the body of what could only be described as an aging '70s porn star in uh, uh, oh. a hammock built oh. for a fruit, so to speak. 
Mm. Bright yellow. And I replied, whoever, whichever intern you made uh, create this photograph, give them a promotion, and then send them to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) You liked it. Um, That's good. All right, cool. Well, I think that's everything, right? Is that everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, get tested. Have a great... Had a great time. Oh, <laughs> it's a short show. This before week. that, it was right before that. Yeah, just just before that, we do have a couple segments to burn through here, Hunter. And I'm actually going to go first this time. Um, oh wow! I'm going to go first with our horse of the day, and our horse mm. of the day is a a beautiful mare. I don't even know if they race woman horses. Um, with the it, she's got a star pattern on her forehead. You know how some mm. horses do. Mm-hmm. And uh, a contestant in the 2007 Kentucky Derby. Beautiful, beautiful thoroughbred. Wonderful f- foaling. Panty raid. The horse. Wow. Yep. Just, just panty raid. It's beautiful. Hey, I've got a story about panty raid that I, I do. You remember the panty raid episode from um, SpongeBob? SpongeBob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Do you know it was? It was censored and like banned. Really? Yeah. Where? On, I mean, like like a month after or no, like two or three months after it came out. Really? And I think eventually it came back with some scenes missing, but yeah. I mean, I guess I probably watched both versions growing up. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that episode was great, but apparently... I thought it was very funny. The idea of... Mr. Krabs going through his own, you know, mom's drawers for her drawers was yeah. too rich, too rich for the blood of uh, of the sensible, sensitive children. Yeah, it's very interesting. I just figured that out. Speaking of things that are the to go boxes littering my mind, I did watch like, I don't know, like an hour and a half long documentary on all the animation that had been censored in the United States. Oh, wow. <laughs> going way back, like, like even even some of the like really interesting stuff like. Uh, Nazi Donald Duck and that kind of thing. Oh, okay. Was that like as a joke? Like he was no. It actually it actually was a very serious episode. But it was it was he was a Nazi. He mm-hmm. you know says Heil Hitler and throws the Sig Heil a lot and all that kind Wild. of thing. Which of course is imagery you don't want associated with your character, right? Fair enough. Sure. But the whole point of the episode was to show how bad things were in Nazi Germany. Now some of it was obviously propagandistic like he gets a slice of bread he goes to slice of bread he has to pull out a handsaw and slice it off because it's wooden so they kind of went you know they took the socialist thing a little bit far with some some economic realities that weren't really true in germany you know the people weren't generally starving that was more of a russian thing so it wasn't a perfect hit but it ends with him waking up from a dream he's been dreaming that he's been in nazi germany and he goes oh i'm sure i'm glad i'm american um and yeah. there's like a flag behind him and all that kind of stuff so so it's not like donald was a nazi but you know obviously they, 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 they're trying to distance themselves from donald duck throwing up the sea guy <laughs> yeah well i mean like captain america literally fought against red skull as a nazi like, yeah in the early you mean comic, jordan so. peterson i yeah, i think exactly. red skull the thing about him is got one of the most immaculate rooms on planet earth it's just it's completely clean Oh no! You oh, look at no. if you take a look at at Red Skull's bed, you'll find that it's perfectly made. That's true, but Red Skull never pets a cat when he sees it. That's true. He eats it, and you um, gotta—he does eat it actually. He eats the cat. 
all right. Well, then, Hunter, um, you're, you're, it's dealer's choice here. Which segment do you want to do first? Photos of White House cocaine have been revealed. Oh, sick. You're, you're welcome. That's a roadkill for this week. Hunter Biden's cocaine is on the internet. Isn't that great? And <laughs> in a different way. Like, usually it's him, like, sniffing it off somebody or off the ground or whatever. But now you can actually see cocaine in the White House. Gotcha. It's beautiful. Do, do you have yeah. the picture pulled up? Yeah. Okay, I got some questions for you about it. Is it yeah. in a powder form or a freebase form? Oh, it's in a powder. It's in a, It's like in a bag, in a little bag? or Yeah. Homebody just, like, threw it in a, um, like, a cubby hole in a little plastic bag. Because I thought, I, th- I remember from the report, it was saying it was freebase cocaine. Nice. It, it's just little powder just wow look out. at that i know uh, what's, there's a little there's a little label hanging off of the top there it says if found please return to hunter biden what hmm. who yeah. could have guessed well who i don't know uh, the real question we have to ask here is who does that belong to bum 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 too hard to say i mean anyone could have bought that tag yeah hmm. anybody i guess it is a real mystery hmm. a real right. stumper if only we had an eclectic game of gang of sixties teenagers who live in a van with their anthropomorphic dog. They could you know, so I I mean obviously that picture is pretty fresh mm-hmm. from when that was taken. Um hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna show you uh they they have a picture of it with uh, the ruler next to it for evidence. <laughs> so you know that this was like, this was, this was a super quick find, yeah. you know? Yep. And this happened all the same day. And then they're like, I don't, we don't know nothing about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, more stuff you already knew, but now you've got pictures. So no one can call you crazy. Oh, You're man. welcome world. Daily Mail, doing it again, doing it again. Good work, Daily Mail. We'll just yeah, we'll, and not doing it the bad way this time. <laughs> we'll just never know, you know. Yeah. Uh, who that belongs to? All right. Well, thanks for that, Hunter. What's that mm. I hear in the distance? Hunter is a virgin. Fainor made the Simmerals. Oh my god. I, I literally don't even know what any of those words are. And you know what? Yeah. I'm not giving you the time of day. Honor's a virgin. The cinnamon rolls. That was one of my favorite ones. Fainor made some cinnamon rolls. Yeah. Classic. Silmarils. Silmarils. Yeah. You'll get there. That's what What did I say? I don't know. Okay. Oh man. What's the matter, Hunter? Why so sleepy? Oh man, I just I keep drinking this old coffee, but it's just not waking me up like it used to, you know. You know, you can't keep drinking that old coffee, you silly goose. You know what you need? You need Death Wish coffee. Death Wish coffee has so much caffeine it can kill a horse. <laughs> <laughs> that that's enough. That could that could absolutely wake me up. Wow. Thank you. Where can I get some? Listen, Hunter, you can get some right now at carlpooling.com slash coffee. And let me just say, we love Death Wish Coffee. It's one of the products that I can genuinely say I liked before they were a sponsor. And that 
is a huge deal. So you know I'm not fronting when I tell you that this is some great coffee. Also, they're rebellious by nature. It's their tagline. And it's true because Death Wish has the beans to sponsor a show like Carpooling. Oh, that's great, but I'm pretty tired. Do you think you could just send me the URL so I could... Just paste it into my browser. And I'll get put this over it in with. the show notes. But again, it's <laughs> it's carlpooling.com slash coffee. And I've got even better news for you, Hunter. This will wake you up. Using our discount code DWCAF10, that's DWCAF10, our listeners can get 10% off their total order. So you really have nothing to lose. Wake up. Be a rebel. Go to carlpooling.com slash coffee right now and score yourself some Deathwish coffee at a great price. Deathwish, it might kill a horse. With discounts like these, you can't afford to sleep through them. Okay, back to the show. Let's jump into today's topic because we actually do have something really important to talk about. And uh, it comes courtesy of Jim Jordan this week. And... You know, we talked. Speaker of the House, Jim Jordan. Well, no. <laughs> oh. Not exactly. Wop, wop, wop. What's uh, the actual speaker's name? Like Mike. Dude, I already forgot. Campbell? <laughs> yeah, Mike Campbell. Mike. Uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade. I, I, it might be Mike Johnson. Mike like, Johnson. It Scott, it's like that. It's the most boring name of all time. Although, yeah. did you watch his speech? I, I saw a little bit of it. I mean, he seems great. I like him. I, I I like him too, but like I also don't feel too much different about him versus uh, see, I forget the other guy who is in there, McCarthy. Yeah, like yeah. I liked McCarthy too. Like you know, they're good. They're doing what I want them to do in that position. And literally today, like Mike Johnson is literally having like the same problem with the government shutdown. And the same group of people are like, this isn't Republican enough, are happening. It's just like, ah, oh, man. Exactly. You know. Yeah. I, I actually like Mike Johnson better than I like McCarthy. Sure. In, a, in a vacuum. Yeah. But he's he's not going to do any better as speaker. Obviously. As far as I'm concerned. I mean, the, the deck is the deck, you know, and, and McCarthy played it well. But Jim Jordan not the Speaker of the House, not did speaker. release a report to us. And this this was released, or at least drafted, I, I can't tell exactly when it came out, November 6, 2023. And here's the title of this report, which is 104 pages long. And actually, I'm going to link the entire report in the show notes today. Uh, I haven't had time to read through this in its entirety. I've read through a large portion of it. However... Uh, I, I invite you all to follow along, dive into this report, because although there is some editator, editator, <laughs> editorialization in this report, the majority of it is actually direct sources. It's copies of emails, titles of JIRA tickets, direct transcriptions, and the like. And so I encourage everyone within the sound of my voice to go to the show notes, follow this link, and play along at home. There's a lot of stuff to be found in this report, and this show will not be exhaustive. Although it will give you some bearing so that you can investigate it on your own and uh, realize what you're stacked up against here. Here's the title. 
The Weaponization of Disinformation, Pseudo-Experts, and Bureaucrats. How the Federal Government Partnered with Universities to Censor Americans' Political Speech. Pretty, pretty damning title. And so, this is, uh, in effect, a continuation of some of the elements that we were talking about in regards to the Twitter files, right? And Hunter, can you give folks just a brief history of the Twitter files to ground us before we jump into the new revelations of this report as yeah. brief as you like. Yeah. I was going to say like giving the Twitter files a brief rundown. It, it, it's such a spaghetti trove of messiness, not to mention all the drama that came out of that from spaghetti Elon trove Musk. is the worst loot box to get on Fortnite. It is. It is. You can't yeah. even enjoy digital spaghetti. It's like, what is this? A bolognese? That's a callback. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, it's just a mess. And then not to, there was also just like some personal drama that showed up in that whole deal between like Elon and Matt Taibbi. But to just put a really nice little what happened, basically, basically got to look behind the hood of Twitter and see that all the things that they said they weren't doing, they were actually doing. They were shadow banning people. They were collaborating with the government on which posts to censor and which posts to not censor. And they were having direct communication with FBI um, agents through all that and some other individuals from some third-party entities that worked on the government's behalf. And basically, they would just say, hey, could you censor this because we think you should censor it? And then Twitter would be like, yes, of course we will. Um, just to make matters a little bit more fun they literally had standing meetings with government agencies to talk through various things that were concerning them um and basically what the twitter file sh showed was everything that we already knew that was happening was happening and there was no way to deny it we had we had a smoking gun um and thanks to elon musk kind of opening up the door there and for some really good reporting from matt taibbi Michael Schellenberger and the free press, we got a great uh, feast of information. And there's more than just that. There's way more than just that that they were able to find uh, in the Twitter files. In fact, um, the censorship industrial complex, uh, I think I didn't necessarily say that right. SIP, something about that isn't right. Um, that the, Jim Jordan references in this report He's borrowing language that Matt Taibbi essentially and Michael Schellenberger essentially created to describe what they were seeing. I don't know if you just had the greatest Freudian slip of all time. Mm -hmm. CIP is the Center for an Informed Public. So, ah. and, and they are involved here. That's actually the University of Washington's board that they built as a part of eip so we'll get into all that because your name for it is even better than than what i would have come up with um and you use their acronym yeah so, so yes here's so, so that was the twitter files right but the re the retort to the twitter files was effectively this yes there was some coordination in a limited faction in a, in a limited fraction of the censorship activities that took place during the uh, 2020 election cycle however that was going outside of process that was individuals acting outside of their purview effectively because 
we here at the federal government take the First Amendment very seriously, and that's why we set up this independent process that was separate from what was released in the Twitter files, these internal emails, these internal documents, etc. And that process is called EIP. And so that was their their jujitsu reversal that they attempted to use to get them out of the culpability of things that obviously violated the First Amendment. Mm. So this this release by Jim Jordan shows directly how the CISA, uh, yes, I said that correctly, which is the Department of Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, created and remained fundamentally entwined with the EIP, which is that Election Integrity Partnership, that was supposedly third-party and external to the federal government to directly collude with these these business entities, these social media entities, to censor information during the run-up to the 2020 election. So... Mm. You had the Twitter files. They said, that's out of process. Our other process was independent. This is the uh, investigation of the other process. And there's, there's, broadly speaking, five points that are important to this, to this document. There is an explanation of how uh, CISAs created the EIP, how they stayed connected to the EIP. Then there's a list of what are effectively jira tickets so for those of you maybe not in the software world jira is this automated solution it's called it's called an alm um it's a tool that monitors work items that you know you can create work items and track them across a a board of like in progress done and then you can provide status and follow up so directly in this tool so part of what's in this document dump is a giant list of these the names of these actual jira tickets that were created and the method by which they were created then it goes into a little bit of the coercive tactics and finally and this is this is something that i'm just not well versed enough in yet we'll touch on it a little bit but the the attempts of the EIP, specifically the portion of it at Stanford, uh, Stanford Internet Observatory, hereafter known as SIO, just remember that's Stanford, how they tried to inhibit the, the investigation, the House investigation that was being run to produce this report. Okay, so we've got creation continuation the tickets themselves the coercion tactics and the styming of the investigation those five main elements hunter i think we need to start with specifically the coercion tactics because honestly none of this really matters if we don't start with an explanation of government coercion yeah in general Do you have any yeah. thoughts on that? I have a couple, but I want to hear what you think first. Um, I mean, if I come to you and I'm your, you know, I'm the government or I'm the sheriff in Nottingham and I walk up to your bakery and I'm like, 
man, this is a really nice bakery. It's too bad you sell pumpernickel. Be a shame if you kept selling pumpernickel. I mean, who knows what could happen to your taxes if you did that, <laughs> you know? And then I just whistled and walked away, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm sending a very clear message of what I'm going to do. And so there's no, like, there there's this coercive power, right, that the government has because you know when they say something to the like of, you should take care of this, you should look into this, can you remove these, these seems to violate your policy, which is all the language we saw throughout the Twitter files. That that comes with, like, you know, additional threats tied to that. Right. Like I'm the government. I can I can stick the IRS on you, right? I can I can fill you up with so much paperwork and lawsuits that you won't be able to see straight, right? And I've got all the rules and arcane um, policies that I need to make that happen. And so you know the coercion is never explicit, but it is implicit, and the threat is always there, right? The government is the only person that can use force as a weapon right and that's not saying that that necessarily is what the government would ever do like it wouldn't send a SWAT team into Twitter right but it has unless. the ability to unless but it has the ability to back up of all all of its requests with force you know and with with purse right, right. To, to, to tax people and also law to lock people you know to make people dance through legal um dramas i I understand what you say when the threat is never explicit like obviously Mm -hmm. the government didn't come out and make a threatening statement that being said Mm -hmm. i would argue that in a certain sense the threat is necessarily explicit from a philosophical standpoint let me let me play this out with you your comp your company and i'm a company and we have a contract and as part of the terms of the contract, you provide service X to me and I pay you Y dollars. Okay. Yay. So you- I love Y dollars. <laughs> That's a great amount of dollars. Um, well, no, I just mean specifically Y dollars oh, versus like another letter of the alphabet dollars. Understood. Understood. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so let's say you perform this service for me, right? Yeah. And then you go, Hey, where's my money? I go, what money? And I shrug my shoulders. Womp, womp, womp. What are you going to do? Sue ya. And who has to enforce and adjudicate that suit? The government. The local government. And if I appeal or or you appeal? We're going up the chain. We're going to the federal government. Why? Why is that the case? Why can't you send in mercenaries to come in and liquidate my assets and liquidate my ass? (laughs) Boys and girls, that's the joke of the day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very it's much. It's not a great one, but boy, is it. It's, <laughs> it is it's one, one that everyone can unite around. It's that's one of the matters. jokes of all time. It's one of the jokes. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... Why can't you do that? Well, one, I don't have the SWAT team, and two, I would go to jail. Why? Because I can't, I can't murder my competition. Who it's can? It's against the law. The government. Okay, so do you see what I'm saying here? There's an implicit yeah. difference between company X asking you to do anything and the government asking you to do those things. They are the legitimate purveyors of force and coercion. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when the government shows up and says, hey, would be great if you did X for me because I'm not allowed to do X, but it would be great if you did X. There's mm-hmm. coercion 
built into that statement. And you can read more in this document about some of their coercive tactics, especially when they, you know, there was communication that, uh, you know, this would be really bad if it got out. You wouldn't want anything to, to blindside the American people, something, something like this. Um, so there's, there's some specific statements here that you can read about, about the members of the federal government starting to rev up the heat on these folks, but nothing directly. But it's important to understand that it doesn't have to be a, you know, a direct, I'm going to shoot you if you don't do what I want you to do for there to be mm-hmm. coercion involved with the federal government. Why is that essential? Here's an answer. The government is not allowed to censor speech. Twitter is allowed to censor speech in a certain sense. Now there's, you know, section 230 implications that I don't agree with section 230 and you could go through that entire argument, but just as it stands right now, legally, Twitter owns its platform. They can take down what they want. Right? Right. However, if the government is coercing Twitter to do that, that's a violation of the first amendment because there is no legitimate difference between the government doing it directly and the government coercing a third party to do it indirectly from a, from a outcomes based point of view. There's no, there's no real realistic difference. Mm -hmm. And you can ask yourself this question. What if a government that I disagreed with was able to use this policy and this procedure as they saw fit? Well, they would be literally Hitler. They would literally be <laughs> Hitler. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly right. Or Russia, right? Uh, Putin. Right. Uh, right. Or Stalin or any of the other mm-hmm. ones that mm-hmm. are, you know, over there not eating very good food. Boiled cabbage? Shameful. Hey, leave the Irish alone. Okay? Shameful. Uh, they live on a little island with goats. And sheep, okay? The Irish have potatoes, and they shouldn't have to be boiling cabbage anymore. But yeah. Have you had boiled cabbage? Yeah, borscht. It's gross. It's good. No, it's I not. Know. Yeah, it's good. It's what I they put it. in the bottom of porta potties so you don't smell piss. No. It's, that can't be it's it. so disgusting. I hate borscht so much. It's, it's gross. Um, okay, so that's why all porta potties come from Russia. Don't look it up, just take it on fact. That, okay, done. That's truth. I do it. <laughs> you see a porter potty directly sourced from Russia. Yeah. It used to be Ukraine. They used to be called <laughs> the piss basket of Europe. <laughs> but now now the, 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 the bread basket and the piss basket. Now they're just the bread basket because, uh, well, it was so much of that was made in the Crimea. All right. Mm. Um, enough about international <laughs> politics. <laughs> You don't want to be <laughs> bored with these trifles. These trifles. And you definitely don't want to Google any of them. No. However, however, the the uh the point that needs to be made is that the government is by its very nature coercive and when it asks other people to do for it things that it is not allowed to do for itself, there is no legitimate difference between that paradigm and the government just breaking the law in my opinion and yeah. in any any realistic legal opinion 
So. It seems like a lot of this could just be solved with better, more careful language by these techs, essentially creating these Jira tickets. But of course, and we'll get to this, that's that's not the way these people operate or think. Yeah, so. and that's what's so crazy, Hunter, because, okay, so let me tell you how we were told the system worked. So in the very early stages of the... Evolution. Yeah, the evolution of this process, this preoccupation yeah. by the intelligence community and the federal government around the election integrity for the 2020 election and this this focus on misinformation and disinformation. Mm-hmm. As that that preoccupation started to evolve, the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, made a branch of of DHS called CISA, CISA, and that's the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Administration. I believe it's administration. Hold on, I'll tell you. I'll tell you with entire accuracy in just one I'm vamping just one simple uh second agency, sorry. The Wow, that's perfect. <laughs> cyber, no transition. No transition. Stuck the landing. Yeah. I'm like Simone Biles on the mic. Cybersecurity <laughs> and Infrastructure Security Agency, right? So mm-hmm. it's a component of DHS, and its idea was to it, – it originally said it was focusing on foreign influence in the election because, again, there is a legitimate concern if the speech is foreign, the government – our federal government isn't, isn't required to protect it, right? Mm-hmm. So they said we're only going to focus on foreign speech, and we're going to make sure that the um, – the constituents aren't inundated with disinformation and thus preventing them from making a rational decision in this election. Really what they wanted to do is keep the Hunter Biden laptop story from coming out, but I digress. So as CISA, and and there's, then there's plenty of emails in this document where CISA is working directly with Facebook, Twitter, talking to them about specific tweets, about specific users, asking them to remove them. In some cases, they're foreign actors. In some cases, they're not. And so that was absolutely happening directly interface between the federal government and these social media, the social media entities, right? Mm-hmm. So as the touch points became more and more frequent, effectively they all realized hey we've got a problem on our hands here which is where we're effectively operating as agents of the federal government censoring speech mm-hmm. and so the the directors and and they were nascent directors but the directors of CISA came up with this plan they said all right here's what we'll do we will set up an independent third party conglomerate of folks that can be focused on watching the disinformation across social media, across the internet. And this is where your, your censorship industrial complex uh, Mm. group comes up, but effectively they gathered Stanford and Stanford's internet observatory and a couple other, a couple other research colleges and said, okay, here's what we'll do. We will pass this task over to you. And then you can interface with big tech. So it's your job at these at these colleges and these research institutes to monitor 
determine inf- what's misinformation, and then coordinate directly with big tech. Thereby removing the issue that the federal government is. Who are these groups paid by again? Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> there's an issue with that. But here's here's the biggest issue in my opinion, right? So they set up this network so that mm. they can basically firewall the federal government who is paying for for the EIP the service. right the yeah. election integrity w- program mm-hmm. but the, it's that job led by Stanford's internet observatory SIO to then coordinate to monitor and coordinate with with these Twitter YouTube whatever exactly exactly so that's the that's the paradigm that is supposed to be set up However, as are released in section two of this document, and this is so this is so damning, but it turns out that the EIP decided that they would work Jira tickets. So like I said, Jira is this tool where you can build out tickets and then progress them across the board it's a way to track your work and see what you are done with and so they decided that they will use jira as a methodology for tracking these issues and progressing them across across um their board to completion workflow yep yeah so in this document there is an exchange that talks about the setup of this JIRA board and somebody from the EIP emails another individual in CISA, in in the federal government, and says, could you please add tips at eipartnership.net? This alias will auto-create JIRA tickets for any incoming reports for visibility to the whole EIP team. I've also added to this thread and he, he quotes someone at cisa.dhs.gov, but it's redacted who the actual individual is, who will be taking point on a lot of the EIP CISA interface here. So he should be added. I'll let Brian and Matt know whether they would like to be added on the back end of this alias. So understand the this Jira board, which becomes the master repository for all of the censorship activities that the EIP is going to engage in, is being the the auto generate inbox is being given directly to the federal government in this email. Hunter, ask me if it gets What's, worse. Uh, it, how it, it can't it can't get worse. There's no there's no issue. It gets worse. Uh, whoa, there's no issue. Explain yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's just like, you know, you give Biden, he sees a mean tweet, and he's like, that, that, that hurts my feelings. I mean, he should have an email that could remove that from the internet. And <laughs> <laughs> that should be so, in his wheelhouse. Um, yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. <laughs> it gets worse. Okay, wow. because you might be Weird. under the impression that, like, hey, maybe maybe the Stanford Internet Observatory, maybe SIO is contracting with a couple of different groups, so they've set up this this inbox so people can create tickets, and then they're going to screen tickets, you know, as they come in. So they alert 
DHS that that's what they're doing. And maybe it's just not careful of them to give out this email address. But that doesn't mean that it's meant to be used by the federal government. Okay, you could make that argument. Except for this email is more than one paragraph long. Oh, one, it's, it's a two. It's a two for it's actually I've never seen. It's four. <laughs> one note. These guys need to learn how to write an email. <laughs> they, they need to learn how to not tell themselves. That's for damn sure. One note uh, on the EIP side. We just finished getting our JIRA system online to be ready for intake. For security purposes, the tips at eipartnership.net alias has a strict whitelist of emails which will be allowed through. Any email not specifically designated into an organization will be silently dropped. I've created a new CIS organization on our system and added misinformation at cissecurity.org to it as well as the CISA email. Any reports forwarded from these email addresses will make it into our system. However, if there's any auto-forwarding, etc., that'll be silently dropped. So, here's the issue. Not, not only was this inbox shared to the federal government, it mm. was made exclusively for the federal government. They were the Beautiful. only ones whitelisted that could actually create tickets on the server. So this is a direct admission that the entire the entire step of adding in the EIP led by Stanford Internet Observatory that entire process was a complete sham pass through. Right. It was firewall in name only and in the final analysis it was still the CISA the federal government the component of DHS that was not not asking, directly creating tickets into their workflow via a, a email that had two federal government addresses whitelisted. The entire purpose of the EIP was to remove the involvement of these groups, and yet in practice, the entire workflow of the EIP required the federal government to create tickets. I mean, it is, it's mind-shattering. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it works if you think you're, if you're conserving power and presenting a political message that's palatable to the American people, or if you're saving democracy, you know, then, then, then you can justify something like this, you know, noble lies and the like, and also the fact that, politicians are not good people they don't have the best intentions right they're they're out to they're out to preserve their positions their power and to be reelected you know so and the the bureaucrats in washington who get brought into office by these people you know they operate on uh, they operate under similar um, patterns right i mean this is these people do not care. They want to manipulate you. And if you continue to believe otherwise, you're a fool. History's been telling you this for years that this is what's happening. Not um, You don't even have to rely on history anymore because Jim Jordan just released the document where they can tell you themselves that this is what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. or you could go back to the 70s and look up, oh my goodness, there were goldfish and Stanford professors with Stanford college students to get to see if LSD could control minds? Uh, like, it's so crazy. It wasn't Stanford, okay? It wasn't Stanford back then, but you get the idea, okay? It's it was bad. It's completely insane. It's completely yeah. insane. And yeah. and here's the thing. When you look at it in reference to the Twitter files where they go, well, you've got a couple emails, but this isn't our policy. 
BS. Oh, but it is your policy. It's, speci- it's huh. exactly your policy. And literally, yeah. the only difference between this policy and that policy is in that policy, you try to cover it up by making this bogus intermediate organization with some some doctorate students who are are doing some free labor by forwarding your emails over to Twitter. Yeah. Crazy. So who was targeted? And this is important. Who was targeted by these these tickets? And then we're going to read just some of the names of the tickets because this is I'm sure there's more here than we found so far. But there there are emails after emails after emails of these these members from the CISA interfacing directly via email with Facebook and Twitter and calling out and here's the crazy thing calling out the Jira tickets by identifier. So in Jira, the way that it works, you have a project name and then every every work item or ticket you create under that project name has an ascending number. So it'll be like EIP which is the project in this case, right? The election integrity program, EIP-1-2-207-436. They continue to to increment up in that way. There's emails in this document where there's members of DHS emailing Twitter and Facebook execs saying, "Hey, I've got, I want to follow up with you on EIP-453." <laughs> so, not only did they have the exclusive control of creation of tickets, they also somehow had internal visibility to them because then they could follow up with them directly. Mm-hmm. There was absolutely no actual firewalling that happened here. So who was targeted? Some big names. Um, obviously, Donald Trump was on the list uh, in a couple of places, or at least he was referenced frequently. Uh, Newt Gingrich, Charlie Kirk, Mike Huckabee, Candace Owens. Um, it goes it goes on and on. In fact, at, in the final analysis, they say there's numerous conservatives that were targeted, and w- there's just no way to know what the full scope was. So this was a toe-to-tip government censorship campaign. Just ridiculous. Let me read you some of the names of these tickets. Uh at Sean Hannity, this is EIP 656. At Sean Hannity is sharing a partial statement by Rep. Ilhan Omar. We recommend Twitter adds a label to tweets sharing the link to the article. Holy cow. So just straight up saying, this is the federal government saying that an independent journalist is using a third party, a third party social media site to say something about a government official and this is the government, the federal government, protecting the federal government from the media. This is yeah. this is revolutionary in scope. I mean, this is this is the as bad as it gets. Yeah. Well, except for they actually own the channel and they just do it. But yeah, like yes. in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, you're right. It is just you know it it's. It's as bad as you can imagine it was still having free enterprise, right? It, it's it's crazy. Let me scroll down to a couple more here. Um just so we can get we can get some flavor. Mm. Let's see, let's see. Jordan Peterson tells kids to clean up their room. We <laughs> advise saying this could be damaging to their mental health. Listen, say what you will about the Nazis, but at least Red Skull made his bed on time. No. 
No, it's a bad callback. <laughs> EIP 407. Hi, Twitter team. Please see the ticket above, which we'd recommend be labeled with information pertaining to mail-in voting. So we don't. I don't know what the underlying cause was here, but this is the federal government saying, oh, people are speaking ill of mail-in voting. Well, we need to editorialize that and put our spin on it. Mm. Crazy. Um, you've got EIP 460. Huckabee has not said whether this tweet was a joke or not. We recommend that Twitter labels the post with a proper voting information. So that is so painful to hear has not that said is, whether this tweet was a joke or not. It's insane. That, that's full on full on 1984 stuff. Yeah. You yeah. didn't you didn't claim whether you're joking or not, so the government must step in to remove your your improper speech, your thought crimes. Yeah. That's crazy. Stupid. Stupid. And there's there's page after page after page of this stuff. It's the the It's very clear to me we were not ready for the internet. And I know. Shocking. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you this one, Hunter. EIP eight eleven. Users on Twitter and Facebook are sharing manipulated images of people moving boxes and trucks labeled emergency Democrat votes. We suggest labeling or removing tweets that use this photo as it could undermine people's faith in the legitimacy of the election process. This is a meme. Yeah. With 100% a meme. An obviously fake bot. I mean, if there are emergency Democrat votes, the boxes wouldn't be labeled you numbskulls. Yeah, but the federal government says, "Nah, no, nah, no, nah, that's not a that's not something you're allowed to say," and so yeah. they directly send Listen. that request to Twitter and Facebook, and they launder it through what is effectively their their coin coin operated laundromat drug front, which is the EIP. It's disgusting. Listen. Do we really think that the person that buys into that joke can find their polling station? <laughs> I mean, if you're a Democrat, you don't think black people know how to get on the internet. <laughs> that's that. That's one of the best. Was that Joe Biden or was that Kamala Harris? Kamala Harris. Ah, uh, it's one of the best things she ever said. Yeah, love her so much. It might be because she doesn't know how to get on the internet <laughs> half the time, and what? she's half black. I, I would love it if, like, after that, she's with her kids, going, "You knew the whole time," <laughs> just like furious at them. <laughs> Anyway. Why didn't any of y'all tell me? How to, yeah. Because I click on the phone and is there's all these colors. And I like, generally speaking. But uh, So, anyhow. Yeah, I haven't had time to read through this entire document yet. But the underlying allegations here are shocking. So, mm-hmm. like I said... I, I hope that there's another shoe to drop on this. One of the reasons that we're reporting on it here at Carpooling is because nobody is talking about this. No, I, I guarantee 99.999x percent of our audience will not have heard about this report before they listen to our show. I mean, nobody is talking about this. And so with with this information that is so damning, and a media that refuses to talk about it, uh, we have we have to speak up about this this 
happening. And I, I hope, like I said, that there's another shoe to drop here, but I'm just not sure because it felt like this thing was released directly into a black hole. Yeah. Well, I think this is like, to me, like, I, I like these stories to me, they, they, they hit this. I, 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 they're, they're boring to me in a sense because they're so predictable. Right. Well, right? no one's surprised that and, this is happening. Well, let me let me say one thing what I'm trying to get to. And one reason that they're so predictable, right, is because journalism is dead. And I don't mean that from a like a right or left sort of viewpoint. What what happened is all these journalists went to school and they got degrees and instead of being a gumshoe and walking the streets and f- fighting for answers and you know, not believing anything until they could prove it. And, you know, doing all this, they got their degrees. They wanted cushy jobs and they sat in front of these press briefings and they regurgitated what was said. And because it lined up with what they wanted the world to be, they accepted it. Right. And we've known that our government sucks, lies to us time after time again, even with the Freedom of Information Act, MK Ultra, like this is, this isn't this is decades in the making of this new relationship with our government, right? And none of these jokers are invested in changing the way they interact with it because they believe the noble lies are good. They and and they don't want to they don't want to upset the apple cart. They want to keep their job and their life and everything that's going right in it together. And the truth is they should be all be paid $50,000 less so that they're so angry at everything right. they will actually do their job. Right. And like I mean like they're so comfortable and they're so educated that they're that they've become completely disconnected from their mission. Um anyway, who I I don't see a way out of this. Like like you said, I mean it's just I, I, said, I do sixty thousand dollars less. Well, uh, <laughs> like, I'm saying from I from our federal board. government. Like, how do you get a federal government that fights to uphold the constitution that it's sworn to defend? You you don't. You have to have a journalistic class that enters into that arena. That's a hundred a hundred percent true. The yeah. the other side is we have to have we have to have a politician who is willing to be a one term politician that guts yeah. the federal government. Yeah, and guts the that, executive that, branch because all of this is the exact almost all of this is the executive branch. Yeah, I mean that that could happen. Maybe it will, but I mean, like we were doing that. We did that. We we had journalists that would take these people to the, to the mat, and then Congress would have to do something about it because Congress is on a two year timeline, and then the Congress would go in and they would eviscerate the federal government, and they would have to get people out of there. They would have to find scapegoats. They would have to destroy programs and funding that the CIA was doing. You know, they would. Edward Snowden would show up, right? Like, I, I don't know how to say it. Like, like, we have done this song and dance so long with our government, it should be expected. And, like, we, we lack the wherewithal in our journalistic community to do anything like do to do anything hard anymore to do the heart and soul of what that job is and it's to say everybody is lying to me and how are they doing it mm-hmm. that that is what that job is and if you don't enter into that job thinking that way you're insane yeah. and everyone who 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 thinks they can just go to a press briefing and go check 
is insane. That's what. Um, that's why it's so annoying. It, it's not just. It's not just annoying, but it's immoral when you see these yes. these news outlets like the Washington Post run these glowing, these glowing reviews of Stacey Abrams and Kamala Harris about how there's a magnetism and then they walk into the room everyone gets because like you were saying the job is not an attempt to how do we put it politely cram as much of the democratic anatomy into your orifices at one time as you possibly can it's Mm -hmm. to be distrustful and so when these people go through and they obviously carry water for the government it's a dereliction of their duty and their responsibility to the american people it is truly truly disgusting um and and we we have to have that service fulfilled because like you said um any any individual component of a system becomes greedy if it's allowed to become greedy and right. and it will optimize for its own benefit and not the benefit of the whole system and and think so, of the yeah yeah go, sorry, uh, finish, i was saying that that's that's the situation we find ourselves in that's the situation mm-hmm. they're the american people the constitution the government and the journalistic community exist as a system of checks and balances one on the other and that's right because the federal government has found a convenient way to make these unloved, untouched, abandoned by their fathers journalist class that run these woke, scold, wine-mongering, victim-oriented newsrooms at oh, across the entire nation. I mean, like you, you heard what happened when Ben Shapiro ran the playbook for one week, but because they have been allowed to to feel important and made to feel important by the federal government who tells them that they're worth listening to as long as they carry water for the federal government mm-hmm. you know i was watching a video earlier hunter and it was so dystopian it was so dystopian it was all the marvel movie stars scarlett johansson chris evans uh robert downey jr some other ones who cares honestly there was like 10 of them on this panel with kamala harris back in 2020 doing a get out the vote thing for joe biden cringe it's it's not yeah it's cringe and you you could see it on everybody's face that it was cringe but it's also disgusting yeah it's also disgusting that a bunch of rich people tell you hey little guy hey you're important as long as you're fighting with us. That's what gives your life meaning and purpose. And I, don't worry. I'm sure Scarlett Johansson's issues are the same issues that you're experiencing. Welder in Montana. You know, it's right. so disgusting. But mm-hmm. it's the same thing that's happened to our journalistic class. The Kareem Jean-Pierre will take them into the press room and pet them if they're nice to Joe Biden. And, mm. and you are told by all of Hollywood and all of culture that you are in the ascendant right if you are defending progressive regimes by counterpoint imagine if that imagine if a group of hollywood actors got together and did that for trump they would be pilloried they would be excommunicated and it's it's so dystopian that that is the that it's perfectly acceptable, expected on one side of the aisle and met with glowing reviews by our journalistic community. And on the other side of the aisle, it's reviled and exaggerated and likened to actual Nazism 
the net net of it is that you're a hundred percent right. Our media class, our journalistic class, and our our entertainment class in general has been co-opted as a branch of the federal government, much like our scholastic class has been co-opted both by soft communication and now we have evidence by direct communication, like in this document that Jim Jordan released, how Mm -hmm. they have been co-opted by this uniparty federal government in order to, to enable easiness and and engender lifelong voters so that they can do less work, be less clever, be less invested in the success of the American people, and still enjoy all the benefits of a beloved and cherished politician of yore. And they they are co-opting these parts of the system to do it, to maximize only the one part of the system, which is the the insane leftist rot that has taken over our federal government it is especially our executive branch it's just disgusting it's just disgusting um and when i see censorship like this what does it tell me well and i I, I, there's no other way to say this accurately but there are major factions of our executive government that are, are in direct opposition to the people of america it's treasonous it's treasonous to say that you're going to uphold the First Amendment and then go behind the back, set up this shadow distribution of proxies so that you can violate the rights of the American population. Find find a way to define that that isn't also a definition for treason. Yeah. But that's that's where we stand. So why are we telling you about it? Well, one, we're talking about it because the journalists refuse to, because they're a part they're complicit in this in this disgusting game. And in addition to that, uh we have to make this a component of your voting criteria. There's not a whole lot left to do, but we have to have our next leader on the right be someone that's willing to take the hits and gut the federal government. And I mean I mean, let it bleed completely dry. Like I'm sure, Hunter, you did this this weekend when you shot a deer. Mm-hmm. We we have to remove the vast, vast, vast majority of it. It's the only way to deal with this rot that has consumed it. So you have to make it a component of your, your voting criteria. It's just that simple. And politicians that... It doesn't matter who they are. Politicians who won't take a strong stand in gutting the federal government can't get your vote. This this document, which is not getting any attention, is one of the biggest stories as far as the evidentiary, the evidentiary proof that this thing is happening that we knew was happening, but now heads have to roll. They have to roll. Because otherwise we're just letting our democracy go the way of the dodo bird, releasing it, blissfully into its malaise and its own destruction that Mm -hmm. that should not be how we go but this this is is absolutely dystopian 1984 level treasonous garbage and now we have direct evidence not that it was a couple bad actors but that it was actually the system that they set up the purpose of the system was to launder launder these tasks that the government is it would be treason for the government to do them 
to launder them to a front group. So, gross. You know, there's there's a boogaloo joke in there, but <laughs> boogaloo jokes aren't funny anymore. Well, you're not allowed to make them on social media. Yeah. I wonder why. So there. Probably because the federal why. government is uh, not sleeping so soundly at night. And maybe they shouldn't yeah. be. Yeah, that's just yeah. disgusting behavior. Disgusting behavior. Mm-hmm. Ah, I've put myself in a bad mood, Hunter. Okay. End the cool. show. Figure out a way back to the light for us. Uh, you know, don't don't stay woke. Don't be don't be a sheep. You know, know your government hates you. Get a tattoo on your body, and then when they <laughs> mind control you, you can always look at the tattoo and go, "Oh, that's right." I remember. They do hate me. I put this on my body to remind myself in these dark times when they had me mind-controlled that they don't love me. And then you can always hate Big Brother for your entire life. Here's the other thing you can do. Get mad. Smoke a, mar- smoke a Marlboro every hour. Wow, that was and- the first time in your life you've ever said Marlboro. And it's it incredibly clear because you pronounced yeah. every consonant. Marlboro. Marlboro. Marlboros. And so, like. The cigarette that smokes smoke its own. Smoke one every filter. hour. Go, go. Assume that when the waitress brings you your food, that she's done it wrong and to poison you. And go get a press badge. <laughs> uh, you know, like, please. And even, even the people that you like, ask them vile questions that just are meant to make them frustrated so that you can find out how the thing they promised to do for you and to make your life better, how they're not doing it. Yeah. Like that, that is the new, that is what I want. You should be doing that to our show. Yeah. Now, (laughs) listen, you're going to look like an idiot because we're right about everything. Kaboom. But, but we need more people acting as journalists and questioning journalists. We don't have any power. It doesn't matter what we say. At Carpool? You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, what I'm. They don't know yet, but we. They don't know. They don't know what's yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, you know, and that that's. Here's the thing, and it's all about incentives. The federal government has an incentive to, to misuse its power, and that is why the whole Constitution and the whole principle of America and our democracy, our republic, exists. Right, it was built on this idea, and so to act like men would be noble in an institution that is designed to remove men being ignoble, and all those actions that are associated with it, you're you're an absolute fool to utilize this system and not expect people to abuse it. Right, it's insanity. So it's like yeah, you know it's what? like the whole point. It is the whole point, and so fine. The worst people go into politics. That that is what that is what America has assumed its entire life, and guess what? It's freaking true. Yeah. And so expect them all to lie to you and don't get mad when they do. Just make them pay for it and make them pay for it in the best way you can with your vote and with your actions and do so respectfully with kindness and goodness, but make them pay for it. And that's the end. I love what you said about it, Hunter. And I'll sum it up this way. Start smoking, become a journalist, get mad and get tested. 